0: Yeah, so he's come a long way from throwing to you to throwing uh, to the Bombers receivers. So, yes, John, thank you for all that you've done to make (laughs) Zach Caleros the quarterback that he
1: is in Winnipeg. Uh, You know what? That's what I needed. I needed someone to thank you for so I I appreciate you doing this.
0: The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Always excited to chat with friend of the show, John Rush. John, busy week in Bomberland, and, you know, I kind of, I don't want to start off on a, on a tough note but I think it's the story everybody wants to discuss. Kenny Lawler. What were your thoughts when you heard that situation and now that more information's come out? I I again what do you think about this and and where where do you stand on the Kenny Lawler situation?
1: You know, I it's one of those like super tough situations where uh, you've got to you just got to feel for the guy. It's not um you know it's not it's not easy. I grew up with a mom who was an alcoholic and it's it's not <clears throat> it's not like an easy thing for anybody involved um you know what I mean so it you know i just i go out my life my thoughts go out for like him and his family and uh and things like that and I think what the bombers did the bombers got ahead of it, you know Lawler didn't try and hide it he got in front of it, he admitted his mistake he's taking full responsibility. I think they did the right thing i you know I don't think they're it' like i said it's just a really not great situation there's probably a, a better word that I'm not allowed to say on uh on air but there's just it's just a really not great situation all all around and you know it's there's a lot it's like things like this when things like this happen it goes a lot deeper than just that so uh you know it's it's a really tough situation for him to be in uh and he said you know he, he said he was seeking the help that he needs and Uh, And that's all you can really ask for, right? So, uh, you know, I I hope he gets the help. I hope he gets better. And, you know, that's that's all I can, you know, that's all I can really, you know, want out of a person, right?
0: Yeah, John, before we get into uh, the Bomber game, one more thing about this. You've been in a locker room. You've been on a team where guys have made selfish decisions that cost the team, both on the field and off the field. And this is one of those off the field selfish decisions. Uh, does him coming out and being so open and candid and accepting responsibility and I feel genuinely wanting to to do better going forward does that help the locker room maybe get over this a little bit quicker or how does how do the boys respond to what he did and then what he said
1: yeah I know that's a great question actually and and it's interesting because uh, every locker room kind of different right but uh, the, the camaraderie in the in the Blue Bombers locker room and, and how you know Lawler handled this situation and and just full on admitted it uh, did a press conference you know did he did all the right things he he and, and he's seeking the help um, as as a locker room I I know they're gonna rally behind him I know they're rallying behind him and and they because they you know like they're they're a brotherhood you don't want to see one of your brothers go through. Something like this. It's not like it's not like a good thing to watch somebody go through, right? So no one wants that for a person. So uh, so I know they're rallying behind him. I know uh, that you know he's going to have the support he needs. Uh, you know whether that whether it continues, if they continue to support him, you know that's a completely different story. Uh, but I'm very much hoping that he does, you know, get the get the help he he needs, and uh, you know things get better from here for him.
0: Yeah, so he's going to get a one-game suspension. It sounds like Roosevelt's going to get into the uh, lineup uh, for the Friday night game versus Edmonton. Before we tee up that game, let's break down what we saw versus the BC Lions. Uh, Winnipeg's the best team in football, John, and it doesn't even seem close. Am I accurate in saying that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel like that would be pretty hard to argue at this point.
0: Now uh again it's not just how they're it's not just the score they're winning by but it's how they win. It seems like they can do it on both sides of the ball and I want to start by breaking down the the BC game with do you feel better about the kicking than you did 2 weeks ago?
1: Mildly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're cautiously optimistic, eh?
1: Yes, very 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 slightly. Uh yes. I would say it's trending in the right direction, which uh, you know, we love to say in finance and other other worlds, it's, it's trending in the right direction. Does it mean it's going to continue going that way? Who knows. But as of right now, we are caution, cautiously optimistic. Like you said,
0: uh, Zach Coleros really showed off his arm. He really was was fantastic in this game, John. He was twenty eight of thirty three for four hundred and seventeen yards. That's uh, that's a pretty big number for a guy where some people thought couldn't even get to 300, uh, he maybe made a real statement in this game and maybe put the league on notice that he is the best quarterback right now.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, I, it's funny looking back on, uh, you know, the first couple games when people were were upset with his performance and I, you know, I kind of was just like, no, Zach's good. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we're fine. And, and, you know, obviously now to see where he's at now is, is amazing. And, and, you know, Zach's been a stud since he's been here. Uh, Zach's been, you know, I, I think I saw something like he was, he's 10 and 1 since, since coming to the Bombers. And that's including, uh, that might be like including postseason or something like that. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, Zach, the guy's a machine. He's just, he's so good at football. So it's, you know, it's really awesome to see him doing so well. And, uh, I'm a little upset. No, none of the sports reporters have asked him. About how I contributed to his success because he didn't know the playbook at all when he first got to Winnipeg. So he would sit there when he you know when when was taking reps and he would be like, all right, John, like who's doing what on this play? Because hilariously enough, I was like I was a fullback, but I was also the second string. uh, I was because of the ratio. I I had to know all the wide receiver plays. Because I've, I've taken, I've taken professional reps. This is hilarious. I've taken professional reps as a wide receiver. I've taken like, I don't know, eight reps. And so I had to know all the wide receiver plays. So he would sit there while Trevor was taking the reps and ask me what every wide receiver was doing. So then when it came to our term, I like turn to, like to do the reps, he would just always throw me the ball because he <laughs> knew where I was going to be all the time. And, I, and everyone was like, oh man, like rushes rushes Calero's favorite receiver that's crazy cause I was like cause all college I was a middle linebacker
0: now did you make all those catches when he threw them to you or did you drop a couple
1: I I didn't drop a single pass of Zach Caleros. That's that's a fact. I can go back and get the film, I think. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so he's come a long way from throwing to you to throwing uh, to to the Bombers receivers. So, yes, John, thank you for all that you've done to make Zach (laughs) Caleros the quarterback that he is in Winnipeg. Uh,
1: You know what? That's what I needed. I needed someone to thank you for so (laughs) I
0: appreciate you doing this. Oh, that's so good. Uh, Now, part of the reason he is so successful is because of the grand Game and it's you know it seems like we could talk about Andrew Harris on on almost like recorded every week because he's just automatic for breaking off big runs but he's such a good pass blocker too John I don't know if he gets the credit he deserves for just how good he is at keeping Caleros on his feet from the from the running back position.
1: You you know what he doesn't he absolutely does not I've been in that running back room with him Um how. He sees like his vision and how he sees the you know how he sees kind of the the pro the protection and uh and the blitz package and, and things like that. Uh, he just he just doesn't. No one ever talks about it uh, because it's one of those things that it's not sexy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Andrew Harris blocking the guy and, and not even just like blocking him, but like you know not pancaking him, just basically doing his job. And no, that's not sexy. No one wants to talk about that. But if that doesn't happen. Zach Caleros isn't throwing for 400 yards. You know what I mean? Like it, it is a chain reaction how that happens, and you you really see it on other teams when when quarterbacks are scrambling around, freaking out, not like not having the time to kind of set up, get the pass, and all those things, right? Where if you don't have a running back that can do that, you're screwed in the CFL, right? So. Uh you know, Andrew doesn't get the you know, the respect he deserves when it comes to pass blocking because you know, he knows where he needs to be in every single protection and he even makes other people like he if the O line screws up, he'll make them right by like because he knows he's like, Dang, they picked up my guy, so now I have to go pick up their guy kind of thing. So he uh you know, he definitely does not get the respect he deserves when it comes to pass blocking.
0: Absolutely. Uh, K. John, with uh Kenny Lawler being out, I mean, he had over 205 yards in that yeah. game versus BC. That's a huge chunk of offense that the Bombers will not have against Edmonton. Who do you want to see step up and take a bigger role in this offense? For me, it would be Darvin Adams. I've been a little bit underwhelmed by his his production. Am I... Am I getting too wrapped up in the numbers? Is he doing other things to help contribute wins or or do you expect to see more out of a guy like Darvin Adams uh coming up on Friday?
1: You know, it, it's tough. It's it's one of those situations where almost every single wide receiver on that field could be having a two hundred yard game. <laughs> like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like but like that but that's not possible because that would be, you know, a thousand yards. <laughs> like Zach Larris would be throwing for a thousand yards if every receiver <laughs> was hitting two hundred, right? So um, you know, unless you're, unless you're, I'm pretty sure Matt Dunnigan did something close to that, but, um, but like that's just not, you know, it's just not realistic, right? It's not, uh, unfortunately not every receiver can hit 200 yards every single game. So, uh, you know, we've talked about it before where the, the Bombers are so fortunate to have so many weapons. <laughs> like it's just, you know, it's just so, like they're so lucky. Well, no, I wouldn't say lucky because it, it is very much, calculated by, you know, Walters and uh, and O'Shea, but they are so fortunate to have so many good players, like, like Darvin Adams and Kenny Lawler and Drew Olatarski. And you know what I mean? Nick Dempsey. And, and we're, we're having this conversation where we're like, man, like, I wish they were having 200 yard games too. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so nice to be having a conversation like this. And, and when you, when you look at sometimes the film, the reason some players are able to have, uh, you know, 200 yard games, and this is, this is something I always, you know, attributed to my, uh, when I played college and won the President's Trophy, I always attributed this to my defense as well. We had the, we had a top three defense in the country when I played at University of Guelph for four years in a row. We were, you know, we were lights out as a defense. Um, so everyone's like, oh, John, like, you're so good as a middle linebacker, blah, blah, like, you're amazing, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm really not. <laughs> like... I'm really not that good. I'm just surrounded by really good players that the like the offense can't account for me. They can't double team me. They can't do these things because if they do that to me, then someone else is teeing off on them. You know what I mean? So I'm like, it really has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you know everyone around me. So uh, so when then that's kind of similar to like Darwin situation where you know if they're like if you look at a film teams are. Skewing to Darvin because of how good he is, which opens it up for guys like Kenny to have a 200 yard game, and you know, and then Nick, who is just incredible uh, athlete. You know what I mean? Like it just it when when teams skew to one player on our offense, it just opens it up for everyone else. And Darvin's been such a you know a good player in the league for so long. Teams are going to tend to want to be like, okay. We have to skew to him, especially because he's on the short side of the field. That's in the CFL. That's typically where your where your quarterback's going to want to throw. It's a shorter throw, quicker, and you can the ball. You know, you're going to get more yards typically. So, um, whereas if you're throwing long to the to the to the long side of the field, the ball has to get there. You know, it takes longer to get there. Defensive back can break on the ball sooner and things like that. There's just more more can go wrong when you're throwing to the long side of the field so you know teams typically want to throw to the short side of the field which is where Darvin lines up all the time and defenses know that so they're going to you know they're going to overload that side so it, it, you know it, there's just there's such a chain reaction of things that happen so you know and I think Dar, Darvin's such a good guy and a team player i'm sure he has you know no problems with what's going on if you know if, especially you know we're we're seven and one and and uh you know, a guy like Kenny has a two hundred yard game, you know, I think I think Darvin is just as happy as if, as if he had a two hundred yard game.
0: Yeah, so you would know this better than anybody. From a fan's point of view, I always think of wide receivers as as kind of the prima donnas, like they want their catches, they want their yards. But is a guy like Darvin Adams, a guy like, uh, you know, Nick Demski, Drew Olatarski, are they guys that just don't really care? They just want to win another Grey cup? Like, are they those kind of guys? Or do they get a little bit wrapped up in their wanting touches and, and wanting the ball their way?
1: Yeah, you know what? And that, that's that's something that I get asked quite a bit about, like, just different different people and different situations. And, and a lot of people think that, uh, in general, that, you know, that's, you know, you know, athletes. When they think of athletes and, and professional athletes, especially, they kind of just a lot of the times will get that vibe and, and that preconception about them mm-hmm. is oh, they're you know they're pre they're donnas, and that is one thing that the Blue Bombers organization and and Michael Shea specifically just doesn't put up with. Um, and we 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 have uh, we had a team saying the year we won the Grey Cup, and that was. Um, fit in or forfeit your opportunity to participate. And basically what that means is if you're not if you're not on this team for the the single goal of winning the gray cup, then we don't want you here. And and what that means and a lot of people are like, oh like you're forcing people to conform, like that's not good. That's not good team culture. And it's just like, no, that's you're not you're misunderstanding what's being said. Mm-hmm. We understand that there are people from literally now all over the world. You know, we got, we got guys from Mexico and, and Germany uh, and Japan, right? Um, and, but mostly, you know, mostly we have guys from all over Canada and all over the states that have grown up, lived very different lives, gone to very different schooling. You know, I, I went to university as well. We had guys that you know, went to Ohio State. Uh, we had very different experiences. But right at this moment, we are all on one team, and we need to put all our other things to the side. And if you're not in it, if you know, if, if Michael Shea thinks, Michael Shea calls you up and you've been a middle linebacker your entire life, and he calls you up and says, "Hey, I think your job, you're going to make this team better by being a fullback and a second string wide receiver." And you know that it's, it's still it's still my decision. I still could have said, "No, I want to be a linebacker." If he calls you up and says that, you don't want, you know, you don't want to better the team. You want to be selfish. Then you're, you don't, you don't belong on his team. You know what I mean? I was, I was, I was a middle linebacker. Literally my entire career. Uh, Michael she called me up and was like, Hey, this is how you're going to help the team win. And, and, and I said, okay, I'm like, I'm there for it. And you know, it wasn't sexy. Like I was a fullback. I was a fullback on special teams. And, and I, you know, I, I've been chirped on social media before because uh, people are like, you know, I ta- I've i talked to a football, and people will, like, bring up my stats and, and and, and like, try and chirp me about, um, you know, having so little, like, how, having so few stats in the CFL. And I'm just like, I'm sitting, uh, and I'm sitting there with like, my gray cup ring on. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's all right. It kind of worked. It worked out
0: for you. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think it worked out.
1: Uh, Exactly. It's just like and it's just like not only that, it's just like, yeah, like my stats aren't great. But look at Andrew Harris's, who I was blocking for. Yeah. You know, look at look at Ryan Langford, who I, you know, escorted into the to the end zone on numerous occasions or Lucky Whitehead, you know what I mean? Like look at their stats. Because I was on the field doing that. You yeah. know, I was on the field blocking for them on special teams, right? And it's just like so you know, the Blue Warriors just don't put up with it. They, you know, we've, we've had players, you know, we've had, like, they've brought in guys. You know, I remember specifically guys they brought in, like wide receivers they brought in that were big-name guys that got cut in camp. Um, I won't name names, but there are guys that are that are still in the CFL and that still do produce, that still, um, you know, still do well. So, but it's, we don't care. You know, we don't care if you're a 1,000-yard or, you know, a 1,500-yard or 2,000-yard receiver. You don't like if you're not there for the you know the the Grey Cup. If you're only there because you want to get those yards and get that you know whatever trophy you want to win that year, yeah.
0: or just bump up your paycheck.
1: Exactly. We don't want you there. Yeah. That's I not hear. why you know and and you know we want guys that are going to be there for the right reasons. And, and so you know when people ask me that, I you know I had the very fortunate uh, experience of only ever being with the Bombers. Mm-hmm. So I only have that view. But I understand that other teams aren't like that. And, you know, you, you look at specifically a team like Saskatchewan, especially when Chris Jones was there, who was the complete opposite, where they're like, we don't care about your mentality or personality. We just want the best athlete. Right. And sure, they, were, they won games. Sure, they had some guys that did well. But they never made it. They never made it to the Grey cup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's not how it worked. They never made it to the breakup, and and cool. Like you had you had some guys that did well. I have a great cup ring. I don't yeah. know. That's like way way cooler to me than <laughs> you know having a couple guys on the team that did well. I, like
0: well, some organizations know. they look at the stats and they want to see their guys at the top, right? Like that's what they that's what really makes them happy is oh we got the top receiver and we got the top passing air quarterback. I think you would agree that I'd rather have a guy in that three, four, five hole. I'd rather have three guys in the in that range all pulling on the rope in the same direction.
1: Well, oh, exactly. That's exactly it, right? Yeah. And, and I, I saw the I saw the staff leaders this week, and, and you know we we do have we we do have the almost the two leading one, but they're not. Like they get you know Jackson, Jeffco, and Willie are both tied for second, and it's just like you know I'd rather have I'd rather have both of those guys in that place, then like Willie have like 12. Right. And Jackson have like one. Yeah. Right. Where it's just like, okay, well then teams are just going to attack that side. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, Exactly. But now, now it's like, all right, who are you going to go for? <laughs> just, <laughs> who are you going to block? <laughs> like, have fun. No so, kidding. Yeah. That, you know, that's like, that's like that's the culture on the Blue Bombers. And, and it really has to do with Osh and, you know, Walters. And that's what they built there, which is, yeah, you know, which has been, uh, it was, you know, it was one of the coolest, you know, it was really one of the coolest experiences that I've ever uh, got to, you know, be involved with, which was awesome.
0: And John, uh, you know, just to keep on this for just another couple of minutes, but um, culture is one of those things that is sustainable long-term. We talked about last week how, you know, the contracts are not set up to build dynasties in the CFL players are, are not in a position to usually get more than a one-year deal. And then even then, it's not guaranteed, but the culture that Walters and O'Shea have built, it really seems like that is something that is going to go forward no matter which players are in the uniform. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Guys want to play for the Blue Bombers. Like, it's just, it is what, it, you know, it is. It's not like, um, you know, we don't have Winnipeg, and and I'm sure lots of people, It's this isn't a slight against Winnipeg or Manitoba. I love it here. You know, I bought a house here, but we don't have the the attraction level, especially for Americans, that, like, Toronto or Montreal does. You know, like, we're not a big city where, like, you can woo some guy that, you know, who's coming from the NFL to play in the CFL and be like, oh, yeah, but you're going to live in Toronto. Like, Winnipeg doesn't have that factor. But what we do have, and it is very well talked about within the league, and this is why so many guys come to play for Winnipeg, is the culture. And that is why we were able to get so many big-name guys and, you know, and sustain that. You know, like, this, like the team we're looking at, you know, today is almost identical to the 2019 team. Like, there's, like, you know, it's, it's safe for the depth, but, like, the starters, there's not that much different, which is unheard of in the CFL. Like, the, the entire offensive line, the quarterback, the running back, the, you know, the starting fullback, almost all of the receivers, uh, the the whole defensive line, uh, almost all the linebackers, you know, Brandon Alexander has a safe, You know what I mean? Like that is that's unheard of. You never have that much retention, especially because almost literally every single one of their contracts came up too. <laughs> that that wasn't like oh well they were under contract for three years. Like no, we had a year off, which meant basically everyone's contract expired. I think I think I read somewhere like. Like, five people's contracts didn't expire during that year off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you, you, like, they have that that culture where people want to be there, which, which helps, right? Yes. And as, as you can see, like, teams are struggling right now in the league because they had a year off, players had a year off, and now they're coming back to a, to a team mm-hmm. where they don't know anybody. or They know one or two guys, right? That's not conducive. A winning organization. It's just that makes that make you know winning in pro sports is already difficult, but that just makes it even more difficult. You know when you're when you're trying to you know build trust and and know the playbook and learn the guys next to you you's name basically. Whereas you know you come into Winnipeg and you know Zach's been playing with Darwin for you know three years now yeah. with a year off and you know it, it, like it makes it way harder for other teams to win. Like, Absolutely. And, you know, that's why we've been doing so well for so long.
0: And, you know, the success you have on one team does not guarantee it translates to other teams, right? Like, the grass is not always greener in a Toronto or in a Montreal. Just because you think the market's bigger, you're actually probably more recognized in Winnipeg or in Saskatchewan or in Ottawa than you would be in Toronto or Montreal.
1: Well, exactly, right? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it, we, we have that. You know, we have, there are a lot of benefits to being here, and, and guys do recognize that, which is, which is great. And, you know, it's, it's, like I said, they've done an un- unbelievably good job of turning this organization around because it wasn't in a great spot for a long time. And, uh, you know, all credit to Walters and, and Mike O'Shea. They, you know, I know they take a lot of heat, and they have for a while, but uh, they, uh, they are very good at what they do.
0: Yeah, to get to a point where it's Grey Cup or bust says a lot about where this organization has come. Because it used to be, okay, let's just win the Labor Day Classic or let's just see if we can get into the playoffs. Now it's they've built themselves a juggernaut, and uh, it would be disappointing to not see them going for a Grey Cup this year.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, right. So, you know, it's it's really it's really awesome. It, it's it's really awesome to be, you know. To watch this happen
0: yeah the fans deserve it as much as the players i think like because winnipeg fans like you said it's not always been an easy ride for the fans to be able to jump on this train it's great for them
1: yeah no exactly right and, you know and, and 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 truly without like and i always say this because there are there are some guys when you talk about it around the league that like you know rag on the fans and complain and i'm just like bro we wouldn't have a job without them like, shut <laughs> up like, like what do you mean like you know like I, you know, I have nothing but respect for the fans. I, 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 I always love the fans because I'm like, man, like, you guys went 29 years. I'm, I'm not even 29 years old. You went 29 years and you're still season ticket holders without a Grey Cup through all of those terrible years. Like, 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 it's crazy to see some of these fans, you know, what they went through and, and how they still, like, how loyal they still are. And, um, so I I love the fans. Oh, they shoot, are,
0: man. You look. were at the party at the on the street there. I mean, how... Like Chris Streffler became a legend because of the Winnipeg fans' reaction to him. Now, don't get me wrong. Chris has a lot to do with the... Like, his personality had a lot to do with it. But the fans are dressing up for him as Halloween. That says a lot about the fans in Winnipeg. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, they're... Uh, I, I don't want to say crazy because, you know, it, it sounds derogatory, but they're crazy. But <laughs> crazy in a good way. You know, it's like... Like I, like I, I say this all the time. I'm like I, I've had, I have friends that like you know we, we, Canadian football is not that big. I I had I have friends that play for Ottawa, that play for Toronto, that play for Calgary, all when they won the Grey Cup. You know I, I watched it through their Snapchats and, and Instagrams and things like that, and it was cool, right? It was it was cool. It was it looked fun, but man, when we won here, like, <laughs> like that was you know that was something else. Like that wasn't you know. It was on another level here and you know i am so grateful that i was able to win a great cup in winnipeg because because of how crazy the fans are here I, I you know i i just loved it it was so much fun uh and like i said it's crazy in a good way you know they 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 love football here i would literally have never i i didn't want to play for any other organization that's what i i, I literally made that known i was just like I told my agent, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good. Like, I'm like, I'm good. If, if Winnipeg doesn't, uh, you know, pick me up, or if another, if Toronto comes calling, I'm like, bro, I'm good. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to <laughs> Toronto. So, you know what I mean? So, it, it, it's crazy in a good way. Uh, and, and they, you know, the fans are just as much. And, and like that's the thing. I, sometimes I hear it from the fans They're like, oh, well, we didn't really win the coverage. She's like, yes, you did, man. Like, without you, we wouldn't have an organization. Without you, there is no Blue Bomber organization. You're literally the one that pays our salaries. Like, you you are just as much as much a part of this, you know, as the guys on the field. Like, yeah, you're not destroying your bodies, but you're you're paying our salaries to yeah. destroy our bodies. So they're like, taking
0: they, they're taking emotional hits. Fans like they they wear the passion just like the players when and they're disappointed too. And you know, exactly. like the fans, they're out there.
1: No, exactly. And, and and we love it. Like the guys on the Blue Bombers, like they love it. That's that's why so many guys come play here. Because it's true, like you know, it's painted on the it's painted on the, the stadium. It's you know, best fans of the CFL. Yep. it's not even an argument. It's not even close.
0: John, the march to the Grey Cup game continues, and uh, Edmonton is next up. And sure, they've lost three in a row. Sure, they're two and five. Uh, they're right now um, tied for worst spot in the entire CFL. But this does kind of feel a little less of a trap game than it's the last time the Bombers played. But they cannot take. These elks lightly, uh just what do you think of uh the bombers versus the elks coming up on friday and 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 where do you think Winnipeg kind of needs to be to pull out a win
1: this is it's it, the thing about pro sports and well sports in general, but pro sports especially it's just like, like we always talk about it, you know they're getting paid to the elks are getting paid to their jobs are on the line here, obviously, so you never really know what's going to happen <laughs> like. You know, like in other sports you kinda know, but in pro sports it's kinda like you never really know because those guys are good. They're still good football players and everyone you know, that's the thing I always I always love when people talk to like, Oh, those guys are so terrible and I'm like yeah, but like they're still really good, right? They're still like, way better at football that.
0: than you. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's like you, you understand they're still very good at football, right? Like it's you know they're not like yeah. they're not actually bad. They're no, just, you know, it's, and they're not
0: not trying. By the way, they are giving it their all.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right, you know. So it's always it's always funny to kind of hear that, um, and it, and so you know when 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 sports reporters talk about. Games like this, and and you know how they always they always rag on, they're like oh yeah Edmonton in the CFL, you know blah blah blah. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but they're still in the CFL. Like they're still a professional football team. Yeah, they might like not be doing very good, and, and Winnipeg might be doing amazing, but they're still in the CFL. And and you know if we look at the last time we played the Elks it was a significantly closer game. It's like, yeah, we won, but we made a lot of mistakes and debatably could have lost that game very easily. Um, there was a lot of mistakes that we made where we should have been absolutely blowing them out of the water and they stuck in the game. Yep. And it's just it's kind of proof that if you let these guys stick around, they're good football players. Right? Yeah. They're still very good football players, you know, you know, Wilder Jr. like you know, Wilder Jr. Is in the NFL has been doing well in the CFL ever since he got here. Like it's he's a good football player. He's, he can
0: take over a game. He can do. Exactly, he can do what Harris does and take over a game.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean. So you know when when you look at some sports reporters kind of rag on those things, you are kind of just like, man, like I don't know. Like I feel like you know we might be taking these guys a little bit too lightly, especially like I said, especially. With what happened last time we played them. With that that's being first-
0: with that being said though, John, Winnipeg should should win this game. They have to oh, beat they, the they teams do. like this, right?
1: Oh no, a hundred. Like that. That's the thing. A hundred percent, yes. Like a hundred percent, this should be you know a walk in the park. They they prepare better. They have you know they have better systems. They have better athletes. One hundred percent, the Blue Bombers should. This should be you know a cakewalk. But you know when it comes to games like this. It's you know, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's, it's one of those games where you think, you know, it's one of those games where you think you're going to score a bunch of points, and then you you under prepare, and then all of a sudden the other team was doing an amazing job of preparing, right? So yeah,
0: or you know, like they did the last game. Winnipeg gets out to a big first quarter, takes their foot off the gas, and then all of a sudden Edmonton's you know kicking their exactly. teeth in a little.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. So you know, it's it's one of those things where yeah, hundred percent correct. It's. It shouldn't be a match. It shouldn't, you know, like I said, the the Winnipeg Blue Bomber coaching staff alone out-coaches the the Edmonton Elks coaching staff. And then not to mention the amazing athletes that the Blue Bombers have as well. Um, So, like, this should be a walk in the park. Will it be? Um, You know, we'll see. Like, the, the Blue Bombers really need to limit their mistakes this time around.
0: I think there's going to be a little bit of that sense, right? Like I think the Bombers are not happy with the way they played Edmonton, and I think they're going to want to make a more of a statement to themselves, less of a statement to the league because they're already tops in the league. But this could be like a statement in the locker room kind of game. Do you get that feel?
1: Yeah. No, that's that 100% could be it. Just to be like, just to kind of like a redemption game, almost. Be like, man, like yeah, we we screwed that up. (laughs) That uh, that, That wasn't that wasn't good last time, you know. So. Um, but like I said, you know, I have, I have the utmost, you know, kind of faith in the Blue Bombers prep. They, they're very good at prepping. They're very good at blocking out the noise. Like, they're very good at, you know, like, um, I kind of rag on uh, reporters a lot and things like that with sports reporters. And, and it's, it's it's just because they, they recycle the same narratives all the time and they kind of sometimes don't look at the bigger picture. Like, they'll, like, all week. I'm sure they're talking about how you know Edmonton Elks are in last place and Winnipeg Blue Bombers in first place, but it's just like it doesn't matter. Like that that doesn't matter. Like that that is not what you should you should be focusing on. But one thing you know the Blue Bombers do as an organization, and and we talk about it all the time, is we block out the noise. Yeah, you just like all of that stuff is noise because because we know we know in that locker room, like these reporters don't actually know what's happening in these locker rooms they don't know the conversations we're having. They don't know the prep we're putting in. So, um, so that, you know, they, they put out these headlines and articles and things like that saying all these things, but they don't actually know what's going on. Right. So, um, so you have to block that out because as soon as you start listening to that, you start believing the hype, uh, you know what I mean? And it's a distraction. It's a distraction from what's actually happening. So, 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 the Blue Bombers do an unreal job of, you know, blocking that stuff out, and and making sure the players don't believe in it and don't believe the hype. So, you know, I, I'm pretty confident in their uh, their ability to block that stuff.
0: You know, I'm I'm really interested. We're going to talk more about that next week. Um, just from the media side of things, how much players are paying attention, how much they hear, how much they try to ignore. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. I also want to talk next week about point differential. And uh, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, while I still got uh, a couple minutes with you here, I do have one kind of fan question that I, I always try to get in every week. And this, I, I see it all the time. players, who have the camera go up to them from TSN? Do they think about what they're going to say, John? Like, do they rehearse it, or do they just uh, kind of come with it spur of the moment when that camera gets in their face?
1: Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's always it's always interesting because you can always <laughs> kind of tell who came from like a bigger school that like had cameras, like especially in the states, yeah. Uh, that was like it was like very televised, or like came from the NFL, and then like the Canadian <laughs> it's, like, it's yeah. like not something we ever grew up with so like you know when when Mike Miller uh became the all-time most uh most special teams tackles and he's, he's you know he's obviously Hall of Famer and stuff like that. and the camera went up to him after that tackle like he just walked away <laughs> he was like, walking around like not saying anything that then, must uh, you must
0: have loved that though cuz you know how oh. humble of a guy he is
1: yeah exactly right yeah <laughs> no, exactly so you know, and then like same thing with Jesse Briggs. Like Jesse Briggs made a nice play, and I watched the camera go up to him and walked away. Like, and then you, then there is some other guys you see. They're all in the all in the camera. You are like, oh yeah, that guy went to an NCAA school. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you know it. Sometimes I remember. You know, I remember a couple years ago, like the the Rough Rider receiver squad like rehearsed dances and stuff yeah. like that for it. Um, you know, so sometimes they rehearse it, but like. For the most part, like, it's just, like, off the cuff. Like, you know, you know. I always love seeing it because they're, like, you know, like, usually they're just, like, thanking their, like, parents or, yeah. like, paying hi to their family and stuff like that. And that's, like, that's generally, like, you don't really need to rehearse that, that kind of stuff. Um, but, like, but you know, there was a time that, you know, like I said, the, the Rough Riders receiver squad did rehearse dances, which was, you know, it was fun. It was fun to watch. Like, I, I thought it was great for the league. They took a lot of heat for it, but I'm like, man, that's, that's that yeah. just fun. Yeah, that stuff is just fun to watch, and and it you know, and it goes viral on social media. And, it's and leading
0: just, TSN on CFL coverage, I mean, it's the first thing they're going to say.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and it, they were good. It's not even like they were bad. They 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 got so much coverage for it because they kept scoring touchdowns. So. <laughs> I think teams. I
0: think teams nowadays are almost scared to make the other eight franchises mad, or they're scared to make fan bases mad. So they they don't do anything. Like uh, they don't taunt as much. There there isn't as much planned uh, celebrations anymore, either interception or touchdown wise. I think teams are afraid to make fan bases mad because of the outpouring of of hate that they can get.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's it's. It's just it's interesting to see kind of what's happening because it's there hasn't been as much this year. It's been a, it's been kind of a, like a weird year for like celebrations and everything in general. Um so, you know, hopefully it comes back because that was one of the you know you know, everyone calls the NFL the no flood league, right? Because they're not allowed to do any of that stuff. And that's why everyone loves the C F L because you can do all that stuff. Exactly. And, and it, there really hasn't been that much this year, which has been kinda unfortunate, but you know, hopefully, it comes back because, like, as a player, as a fan, you know, I love seeing that stuff. And if, and if you're a fan and you don't, if you're a fan and you think, you know, oh, they should be focusing on the game, they shouldn't be doing that. Like, oh my, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, that, like, these guys focus on the game for 17 hours a day. Yeah. They took 10 minutes out of their day to rehearse a dance together that <laughs> takes five seconds. I don't know, man. Like, I like, hear you. They're 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 still human beings. They're allowed to have fun. Yeah,
0: like you. Everybody like, has fun at work sometimes, and if you have a bunch of people cheering you on, I mean, it's going to be hard not to get carried away with emotions. Exactly, yeah. and and
1: it's just like if you really think that that ten minutes is taking away from their ability to
0: um, um, succeed long term or even short term in that game, you're fooling yeah, yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think you're just you're 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 delusional kind of yeah. thing, right? So.
0: I know we're kind of tight for time. We do have a couple more minutes. I will say though that when I saw the bombers, or sorry, when I saw the BC Lion kicker make a field goal when it was like fourteen to three, and he went skipping off the field with a little dance, yeah. I that ticked yeah. me off a little bit. I was like, okay, that's enough. I hope yeah. they destroy him. Yeah. Uh, exactly. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, John, before we let you go, uh, Winnipeg is going to be auctioning off some really cool orange practice jerseys. Uh, prior or I should say after to to Friday's game in honor of a a National Day for Truth and Reconciliation just a really cool touch by the organization Uh, outside of the big names like a Harris, a Caleros and Jefferson and Big Hill which jersey would you purchase right now from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers if you could
1: Uh, Mike Miller uh, hands down no questions asked Mike Miller I'm I'm his biggest fan I got to sit beside him uh, my entire career he is an integral part of that that uh, uh, the success of that team uh, he doesn't absolutely doesn't get the uh, recognition he deserves and um i he would hate me saying this he would he would literally hate me doing this right now uh but mike miller i love that guy i would uh you know i would never uh, I would never stray from getting a Mike Miller jersey. That's the best.
0: Um, we'll get back into your vegan meal ideas next week. We'll also catch up with the dogs. I know that they went on vacation in southeastern Manitoba, so we'll uh, we'll hear from that. Prediction for this for the game though Friday night Edmonton Winnipeg John. You've been pretty close all year. Let's see if you can knock this one out of the park though. Prediction.
1: Prediction. I think you know. I think there, there's going to be another high-powered offensive game here. Uh, I think it's going to be 34. 221 for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers.
0: Very nice. John, thanks again for doing this, buddy. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch up again next week.
1: Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to this week's game. It's going to be a good one.